You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. Primary or one of the primary subjects in our six verses found here in 2 Samuel chapter number 6 is the ark of God or the ark of the Lord. This is very important, young people. One of the primary subjects in our text is the ark of the Lord. The ark of God or the ark of the Lord represents in one sense or primarily the presence and the power of God. It represents the presence and the power of God. As a young man or as a young woman, you need to be conscious of the presence of God. The presence of God nowadays is not symbolized or carried in an ark as it was back in the scripture. But God's presence dwells in his house, also in the house of his people if they have the Holy Spirit, and God's presence can be with you at your own house. God's presence, young people, is very significant to Christ-minded young men and young women. The presence of God, sadly, is not in every church. But God's presence, we know, is in this house. And we thank God for his presence being here. I can't see God, but I can feel him. I can't touch him, but he still talks to me and he guides me into all, all truth. I want you to notice one particular verse that many of us have either heard or can quote, but I want you to know where it is. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 speaks on the presence of the Lord. Paul writes, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Wherever God's presence is, young people, we can tap into divine deliverance. Wherever God's presence is, we can get a word from the Lord. Wherever God's presence is, whatever is trying to keep you in bondage, it's in God's presence, young people, that we can find liberty or deliverance. 
And I don't know about you, but a sinner is not the only one who needs to be delivered. As a child of God, we go through things in life where we need to be delivered. You go through things in your mind. You go through things in your body. You go through things in your personal life. And, and if we could describe it, it feels like sometimes a weight is on your back. But when you come into the presence of the Lord, young people, the presence of the Lord has a way of destroying every yoke that may be on your neck. And the presence of God or the anointing can empower you to be productive in every aspect of your life. I treasure the presence of the Lord. Tell somebody where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. I need some participation this morning. Say where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Yeah, ain't nobody going to be holding you back or trying to hold you down in God's presence. When you get in God's presence, the old folks say you need to let go and let God have his way. Look at somebody and say, they were right about it. Now, one thing, young folk, that we need to understand about the presence of the Lord is that we don't want God's presence to depart from us. You don't want to be the type young person to where you can't sense that God is with you. You may not always feel them, but, but you need to be conscious. I know God is with me. And, and one thing I cannot afford is for God's presence to depart. I cannot afford for my God to ever turn his face against me. I don't want my God to leave me. I want to feel him when I come into his house. I want to sense him when I go to my house. When I come and hang out with you, I, I want to feel and, and sense, man, God is with this young man or with this young woman. David wrote, I believe it was in Psalm 51. He said, Lord, whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. And see, we need to have that same sentiment. You may lose some friends in your school days. You may have some of your family members turn their back on you. You may lose your $1,500 smartphone. But one thing you do not want to depart from you or lose is God's presence. I want to be able to pray and know that he heard me. I want to come to his house and I want to hear a word that's tailor-made for me. I can't afford to be without the presence of God. You may not want to be in my crew. You may not want to be my friend. You may not pick up the phone when I call. But one person I cannot afford to have against me is the spirit of the Lord. Do I have any young folk in here that feel the same way? Lord, don't take your spirit away from me. And understand, young folk, you can have the Holy Spirit, but then because of your choices... Over time, the Holy Spirit or his presence will leave you. Yeah, he'll leave you. He will depart. How, pastor? 
living in sin. God is not going to dwell in uncleanliness. The God we serve, young people, is, is holy. And so the Bible teaches that we should be ye holy because he is holy. But if I get to playing around and practicing sin, the Lord is going to depart from me. A lack of prayer, young people. Old folk used to say, if you don't pray, you ain't going to stay. Jesus said it like this. He said, look, men should always pray and not faint. That's Luke 18 and 1. But if you don't have a consistent prayer life, young folk, you, you won't have the power of God in your life. You won't, you won't last. And the Holy Spirit or God's presence will depart. Rebellion. Disobedience to God's word or whomever he has put in authority in your life. Or walking in the flesh. These traits can cause the spirit of God to depart. Remember, God is spirit. He's life. But sin, the flesh, disobedience, rebellion, these things promote death. And so if I don't have God's presence active in my life, you best believe you're going to have death active in your life. And so God asked Israel, he said, look, I place before you death and life. You choose. Do you want God's presence active in your life? Or do you want the spirit of death active in your life? Woo, look at somebody and say, the choice is yours. Yeah, the Holy Spirit or God's presence can depart from a church or from a person's life. And we see this in 1 Samuel 4 and 21. There was a woman who was married to a man named Phineas. And her father-in-law died. He was sitting on the throne and he just fell over one day. He was heavy weighted. He fell over and died. And then her husband died. And all of this was going on in this woman's life. While she was pregnant. Then she messed around and saw that the ark of God, which we're talking about this morning, had been captured. All of this death was going on. And so when she had her child, she named her child Ichabod, which means the spirit of the Lord has departed. Young people, we should take this as a sign. We do not want death in our life. We want the spirit of God. Now, God going to allow us to go through the valley of the shadow of death. We're going to experience affliction in this life. But, but I don't want the spirit of death roaming in my life. Am I right about it? But we see this happening or it originated at least according to this verse in 1 Samuel 4 and 21. But what I want to deal with is in 2 Samuel 6. It talks about the ark of the Lord and how it remained for 90 days or three months 
at Obed-Edom's house. And as long as the ark of God remained at Obed-Edom's house, young folk, God was blessing Obed-Edom and everything he had. God was causing bigger, better, and great things to happen at Obed-Edom's house. But, but here is the secret. It was happening because he had the presence of the Lord. As long as the ark remained, the blessings were flowing. And see, that's something for us to learn, young people. As long as we stay in the will of God, the blessings are going to flow. And that's what you should want. You should be able to wake up every morning and give God some thanks and be determined to stay in the will of God because that's how your blessings are going to flow. That's how some bigger is going to come your way. That's how some better is going to come your way. That's how some great and good things are going to manifest in your life. You just got to make sure I'm going to stay in God's will. I'm going to make sure that I got God at my front, at my back, on my side, on my top, and my bottom. When I mess up, I'm going to get it right because I want the blessings to keep flowing. When I go through things, I'm learning that God can even bless me when I go through. Though my ending will be sweet, he'll bless me while I'm going through. He'll cause me to cause or to experience some great things even in my trial. So I want the spirit to remain. If that be you, look at somebody and say, I want the spirit to remain. Whatever you do, Lord, just don't lead Baker. Whatever you do, Lord, don't lead the trendsetters. As long as we striving to stay in your will, folk may have this to say, folk may have that to say, but I want the blessings to keep flowing in my life. I want me and the giving to my bosom, good measure, press down, help me out, shaking together and running over. When I pray, I want you to hear me and cause me to receive. When I seek, I want to find. When I knock, I want it to be open. When I witness to folk, I want them to get saved. When folk look at me, I want them to see a good example. I want the blessings to flow. Look at somebody and say, the blessings will keep flowing if you stay in the wheel. That's why the Hebrew boys couldn't bow down. They, they, they said, look, we can't serve no other God. We, 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 we can't do it, king. So if you got to throw us in the fire, we want you to know that the God that we serve, he is able to deliver us. And if he don't, he's still worthy of us resisting you. They wanted the blessings to keep flowing in their life. 90 days. A 90-day subscription at Obed-Edom's house. Woo, the blessings were flowing. When you read the text, I'm getting excited. The Bible says him and everything that he had was blessed. Everything he had. The blessing of the Lord will touch every aspect of your life. So David heard what was going on. Y'all still with me, MSW? David heard what was going on and basically was like, I got to get some of that action. I see the action going on at Obed-Edom's house. I got to get in where I fit in. So David went up to Obed-Edom's house, being the king, and he took the ark back to the city of David. 
And the Bible says once he got the ark and headed back to the city, he was bringing it with some gladness. See, you can't talk about the presence of the Lord, young people, and not include joy. Whenever it comes to you saying God is in your life, you're going to be a happy somebody. David was skipping. David was on his way back to the city of David. I mean, he may have had a pimp step, but he was happy. The Bible says he was glad to be in the presence of the Lord. And see, I done told you and you know that God's presence is at the MSW as well as other places. But we here, there should be some glad young folk in the house. I should see some teeth. I should see some gums. I should see some smiles. It should be some love amongst the brethren. Is anybody happy to be in the presence of the Lord? See, you can't fake this. You can't fake it. When God's presence is in your life, tell somebody you're going to be glad. You're going to be happy. I know you used the term. You're going to be turned up. Yeah, you're going to be amped all the way up. You are going to be happy. Am I right about it? And so David was glad. And this is the point I want to pull out of that. He was glad about the presence of the Lord. Notice what I got here. What makes you happy is a sign of what you truly value. What makes you happy is what you really see as important. Yeah. David valued the presence of God, so it made him, it made him happy. It's just like some young people. Certain things make them happy, and you can tell it. You put Madden or NBA 2K in front of some young people, they get, they get happy. Yeah, they get happy. They be moving, they be dancing, they're expressing that they value a video game. You take a phone from a young person. You might get in a fight. They're going to beg for it back. Mama, I've been doing good in school. Can I please have my phone back? Take the Wi-Fi code off of somebody's phone and watch how they get the bucking and tripping. But when you give them back that phone or when you give somebody access to free Wi-Fi, oh, they get happy. See, wherever makes you happy, that's a sign of what you value. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You can't tell me you're glad to be in God's house, in his presence, and you are not expressing some joy, not expressing some gladness. No, 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 no. If you know God's presence is here, he's helping you each and every week you come. But when it's time to express that you value God and, and, and you're not actively moving your limbs, your body, it, it, it's a question if you really value the presence of God the way you thinking you do in your mind. 
Because see, in your mind and in your heart, you can think one thing, or out of your mouth, you can say one thing, but, but in your heart, you're going to do something, something else. What you value, you're going to express. Look how, how far David went. He got to dancing. I mean, he put his backbone in it. He danced with all, with all his might. I mean, he danced, help me out, with all his, all his might. He was putting his backbone in it, putting his legs in it. He was high stepping. I mean, he was hip moving. He was, I mean, he was, he was, he was, I don't know what kind of dance he was doing. But, but the scripture got descriptive. Look at how he was dancing. He was dancing. He was shouting. What else was he doing? Leaping. And he was whirling, turning. Look at all that. To some of them, you'd be like, he looked crazy. Yeah. And he was doing it for his God. He was presenting his body as a living sacrifice. Lord, you gave me these hands. Let me put them in operation. He was expressing who he valued. And don't we do it in this day and time? Yeah. When somebody gets a first down, whether it's in football or flag football, they express it. Some of them stand up like that, like, yeah, you can't stop me. Some will get the ball and they'll go just, just like they express it. You have some, they, they just wipe their nose with it and just they express that they got the first down. Oh, don't make it into the end zone. You're going to see somebody leap into somebody else's arms. You're going to see the chest bump. Oh, y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We know how to express ourselves. Have you ever had somebody cook for you and it was good? Woo, you get the rub in that belly, shaking that head. Mm, don't start smacking them thumbs and fingers. It's good to you. Don't let somebody start going, hey, hey. Y'all know how to do that. Let me try it again, choir. Ready? One, two. Don't let, don't, don't let nobody black hear that. Keep it going. You'll be like, hey, 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 hey. You're expressing. You're expressing yourself. Don't go into Walmart and they play a song that you used to listen to back in the day. Oh, Lord, I caught myself. You express yourself. You ever seen a young person with braids? And they be at a pep rally or at school and the beat be dropping it. <laughs> expressing themselves. The issue I have is why do young people get saved? Filled with the Holy Spirit. But then have a problem with expressing themselves. Somebody in here ought to know how to leap. Because you value God. Somebody in here ought to know how to turn in a little victory because you value God. 
David put some shouting in there. Somebody in here ought to know how to open up their mouth. Isn't it amazing how you can scream, defense, defense, defense. But then come to the house and we can't get no glory, glory. All at the game. Boom, down the mic. Boom, down the mic. Boom, down the mic. My team, tick, 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 down the mic. I mean, we can do all of that. But look how the trendsetters in the MSW looking right now. See, David wasn't no spectator. David was a participator. And that's what we need. We don't need spectators. We need somebody in here to recognize God is in our midst and it's time for us to express ourselves. It's time for somebody to move them feet. If this is all they can do, we're going to move them feet. If all I can do is just wave my hand, I'm going to wave my hand. When the, when the praise team or the preacher or whomever asks us to sing, surely I can lift up my voice higher than I do for Trojan Nation. Ain't no way the Trojan man gonna get better than the God man. We need to make sure that we open up our mouth and express how much we love him. What does that say about what you value? If the Trojan man can get more praise or the wildcat can get more praise or the tiger up in temple can get more praise. What, what is Mount Zion? We don't know, but if it can get, no, no, no. Our God deserves all the glory and all the honor. If I'm right about it, y'all ought to give him a five second praise. Express yourself. Write this down, Psalm 16 and 11. In your presence is fullness of joy. Where God's presence is, it should be some praising folk. And that's just not for when we come together. If God is with you at school and you want to give him a praise, Give it to him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because in his presence is fullness of, of joy. Y'all going to read it right. In his presence is fullness of is joy. That's it. It's joy. And the trade-off for me giving him the praise is God gives me strength. Because the joy of the Lord is your, is your strength. And so David is having him a praise party. And this is what I love about it. It started out individually. He was doing this by himself. But when you read the text closely, young people, all of Israel joined in. They had a big old praise party. David started it, but the fire got a hope to everybody else. See, instead of waiting on somebody else to encourage you, you ought to be the spark that encourages somebody somebody else. Yeah. You ought to be the spark that, that, that makes other folk feel uncomfortable. 
to make other folk realize I could be doing a little bit, a little bit better. Imagine if we had 25 folk that clapped like Jermaine. Instead of just looking at them, we just join in and clap with the same fervency. See, it's easy to pick on somebody when they by themselves. But what you going to do when the crew got their back? David wrote and said, will you magnify the Lord with me? It's better when we are together. Tell somebody it's better when we together. And so David getting his praise on. David is expressing himself, worshiping his God. And the woman in his life, Michelle, doesn't even call him his wife. Not in the verse. It just says, and a woman. She took issue with him. And the Bible says she despised him in her heart. This means a number of things, but number one, she had a problem with him. Number two, she was hating on him. And number three, she didn't think he should behave in such a manner. She had a problem with it. She was hating on him and didn't think the king needed be, to be carrying himself like that. When you get to the point to where you just really let go and express to God how much you love him in your worship, somebody might have a problem with you. Somebody may hate on you. And somebody may think, you don't need to be doing that. But don't let their problems become your problems. This is the point that I want you to get from this verse. Whenever you pursue what's right or righteousness, somebody may attempt to destroy your drive. Somebody going to try to stop you from moving forward. Now, his wife should have been the closest one to him. The Bible says the two become one. She should have been close. She should have been on the same page as the head of her life. But she done got something in her heart that shouldn't be there. And that's just life. Sometimes people that you were close to, you thought was with you, once you start trying to do what pleases God, some folk will have a problem with you. And they will try to stop your, your drive. But you don't let nobody stop your drive. I have been in church long enough. I have seen some young people that fall in love with Jesus. They're getting involved in the church. They come into the church. They, they, they're finding their place in God and their purpose for their life but they have a mother or an auntie that don't like what God is doing in their life. But you don't even let one of your parents stop your drive. You don't even let them stop. Even if they're the ones that are not going to bring you to church, you got to acknowledge God and say, well, Lord, what do I need to do now that mama tripping? Because you know what I found out? And this is just real. 
Some parents, some grown folk have a problem with certain churches. But you don't let that be your problem. Even David said, when my mother and father basically were against me, the Lord was for him. Lord, you see what's going on? I'm trying to put you first, but they're making it hard for me. I'm not going to let this discourage me. I'm not going to let it discourage me. Sometimes your peers will have a problem with you and try to stop your drive when you're trying to give God all you got. But you don't let that stop you. Y'all ought to help me say, don't let nobody stop you from loving your God. Yeah. And sometimes your own self, your flesh, would try to stop you. That's why Jesus said, if we're going to follow him, we must deny our self. You have to tell self, this is right. This is Bible, and I'm going to please my, my God. And so in verse 22, as I get ready to come to a close, I love it because David tells the woman, his wife, in 2 Samuel 6 and 22, I will be even more undignified than this. Girl, I'm going to step it up. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I will be humble in my own sight. In other words, I'm just going to hang on to humility. You don't want me to do what pleases God, but I'm just going to humble my, myself. I'm going to remain in agreement with the word, even though you're treating me funny. Even though you're looking at me funny, I'm just going to be more humble in my own sight. Boy, this is a good life lesson. You don't cave into the intimidation and pressure that people try to put on you. You just have to say, Lord, I'm just going to humble myself even the more. I must be doing something right. It seems like it's getting tougher and tougher. I must be going in the right direction. Yeah. Because before the blessing is going to be a test. You know what I say? Ain't no blessing without no test. And so you have to be to the point to where you just say, well, Lord, I'm just going to humble my, myself. When he said he was going to humble himself in his own sight, it means a number of things. But number one, I want you to remember this. Are y'all still with me? He was basically telling her, look, I'm important. I'm the king. But I'm not that important. How many know you special? By a show of hands. You're special, but you're not that special where you don't need to give God the praise. How many in here you know you cute? Let me see, let me see them hands. This is your chance. You know you cute. Now you cute, but you ain't you ain't that cute. You ain't that cute. You ain't too cute where you can't give your God the praise. Girl, you better shake that wig. Shake it. 
Shake it. Brother, crease them sneakers. I know you're trying to walk like this and keep them straight. No. Sometimes you got to crease them. And just know God will bless you with some more. Sweat that perfume out. Sweat that cologne out. Lose your voice every now and then. You special, you cute, but you ain't all of that. Because without him, the Bible says, we nothing. I got to give him the glory. Ooh, I got to give him the praise. Even if you have a problem with it. But then it also means that he was going to let God intervene. He was basically telling his own wife, I'm just going to let God deal with you. I ain't going to try to get smart with you. I ain't going to try to justify what I'm doing, explain to you what I'm doing. I'm just going to let God intervene. And listen, young folk, you don't owe everybody in your life an explanation of why you do what you do. There are some times and situations in life you just take your hand off of it, don't put your mouth on it, and you let God intervene. Yeah, I could say something, but hey, I'm not in the position, nor do I want to deal with it. I'm going to let God deal with this situation. I want to keep showing you respect, and honor, so it's best if I don't say anything. You have to learn how you don't always have to have the last word. How many in here like to have the last word? Just be, <laughs> just be honest. How many in here like to have the last word? But see, it's not required all the time. Be slow to speak. One writer said, study how to be silent. You got to know how to keep your mouth and just humble yourself. Girl, I ain't going there with you. I ain't going there with you. I'm just going to be more humble and keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to let God deal with you. And when you read the verse, young people, I'm almost done. Guess what happened? God intervened, and his wife didn't have no more kids. Shut that womb up. Because what David was doing was between him and his God. She didn't have no more kids the, day, the rest of her life. Boy, you got to be careful who you put your mouth on. Tell somebody, be careful who you put your mouth on. So why should we hang in humility? Or hang on to humility. I'm going to give you a few reasons and then we're out of here. How many are learning on this morning? All right. Proverbs 16 and 19. Why hang on to humility? Proverbs 16, 19 says, Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with, with the proud. First reason you need to remain humble is beneficial. It's better sometimes just to do 
what God requires, keep your mouth closed, let God work out the situation, it's beneficial. You don't have to worry about no stress. <laughs> you don't have to worry about no get back. It's beneficial. It's healthy sometimes just to humble yourself, give God the glory or what he requires, and keep it, and keep it moving. How many have ever got stressed out worrying about somebody or a situation? Wasting your energy. Worrying about what people were saying or doing. But see, when you just humble yourself and say, well, I know what I'm doing is right, and keep it moving, that's beneficial. That's helping keep your blood pressure low. That's helping you to stay focused on what you need to accomplish in life, whether it be school, your business, or what have you. It's beneficial. Somebody say it's beneficial. Yeah. Number two, Zephaniah. Just, just look up here. <laughs> Zephaniah 3 and 12. I will leave in your midst a meek and humble people. What kind of people? A and humble people. Now notice, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. When you and I hang on to humility, it's a sign that we're trusting God. An humble person that is humble according to the scripture is trusting God. David giving God the praise and ain't studying what folks saying. He just trusting God. And when you and I allow God to deal with people, deal with situations, that's a sign of maturity. That you just say, Lord, this is out of my control. This is too big for me. I'm just going to keep going down the path you have for me, and I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust you. Final reason to hang on to humility like David is found in Psalm 18, 27. He says, for you will save the humble people. If I just remain humble, salvation going to take place. If I just stay in the vein, stay in God's will, God going to prosper me. And sometimes, young people, when you're not humble, remember what I taught you. An humble person or someone that's the opposite of humble, they feel like they got to do what they got to do. But you have in your mind, you know what? If this is what I got to go through, Lord, I'm just going to humble myself and go through it. And you're going to prosper me because I'm humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, at the right time, God's timing, he will exalt me. He will lift me, lift me up. And see, some of you right now, you're going through different stages of life. My encouragement to you is don't get out the will of God. Humble yourself. Give him the praise. Remain obedient to what he's been telling you. And in due time, you're going to experience salvation. God going to raise you on up. And it's going to be just like the scripture. Your ending is going to be better then you'll begin. But it's imperative or important that you hang on to humility. 
Don't talk in ways you don't have to talk or shouldn't talk. Think and do. Just, just humble yourself. Let God work things out for your, for your good. And you're going to experience his salvation. How many understand we need to hang on to humility? I'm going to stop right there. Let's give our God a hand clap for David. Hanging on to humility. Come on, let's raise that praise. Express your thanks for the word. Can you take it higher for the Lord? I'm hanging on to humility. All right, pray with me. Father, we thank you for the teachings over the past few weeks.